And now it's time for question of the week. This week's question is from one of my patrons at patreon.com slash ftapon. It's from Yida. Yida has an intense desire to go to Rwanda to see the mountain gorillas. And he wanted to get my advice on it. And also he asked me about whether I'd seen a lot of wildlife when I was in Africa for five years over land to all 54 African countries. Yes. So let's answer the first question. Rwanda is a spectacular place to go see the gorillas up in the mountains as well as neighboring Uganda. So you might want to compare the two. I think Uganda might be a tad bit cheaper than Rwanda. Both of them are quite expensive. You're looking at prices from $800 to $1,000. And it involves a bit of trekking. You have to go uphill into the mountains to go check them out. I don't think it's that hard to do physically unless you're completely out of shape. Now, unfortunately, I did not get to do this uh, mountain trek. And so I can't give you firsthand experience. Although everybody I've talked to and all the research I've done indicate that it's pretty much a guaranteed thing that you will see the gorillas and you will get within a few meters of them. That in itself is special. What I did do, I did see gorillas in Africa, but not in the mountains of Uganda or Rwanda. I saw them in the Republic of Congo. Now the Republic of Congo is near that. It's also in middle Africa. It's, it's near those uh, Rwanda and, and Uganda. And you can also see them as well in the DRC. DRC is a little bit less stable, but you can get into Virunga National Park in the DRC, Democratic Republic of Congo, and check them out as well. Now, the advantage of going to see them in the Republic of Congo is that it's much cheaper because here you're seeing low-lying gorillas. You're seeing gorillas that are not high up in the mountains. They're out in the fields, they're out in the forests, that kind of stuff. And so therefore you can kind of see them, but you see them from far away. So they have some certain lookout places where you can see them. You pull out, pull out your binoculars and you're maybe about a football field away from them. So definitely a very different experience than if you're trekking through the woods, pushing aside bushes and that kind of stuff. And all of a sudden you turn a corner and boom, there they are right in front of you. You could practically go out and touch them. I can't say that they are similar experiences because really there's a dramatic difference to being within a couple of meters of them. However, the price difference is also dramatic. So you're paying about a quarter of the price to go see them in, in the Republic of Congo. For example, it's going to cost you maybe $200, $250 instead of you know, $800 to $1,000. Now to answer the other question, which is, did I see a lot of wildlife in Africa? Surprisingly little. And I say that because most people, when they think of Africa, they think of abundant wildlife because all we do is watch National Geographic and the Animal Planet all day long. When in fact, Africa has over a billion, about 1.2 billion people on the continent. And when there are people, there is usually not that much wildlife, at least not, you know, megafauna and, and big wildlife. You're, you're going to get little birds and things like that and little rodents but big honking giraffes and elephants and lions and all that good stuff, they're rare. And that's because human beings, when they expand and they inevitably encroach onto the habitat of wildlife and that wildlife, if it's big, it can be threatening to humans and humans don't like that. And they can threaten humans in two ways. Number one, just physically threaten them by stomping on them and elephants kill Africans every day uh, because they're running into each other 
And second of all is that animals will like to eat the crops of human beings. And so a lot of the animals, like elephants are vegetarian, uh, gorillas are vegetarian. You know, if you plant a whole field of food for them, <laughs> it's going to be hard to resist. Wow, this is easy for them to go pick it up. So then they're going to go into the fields. And of course, the farmers are going to want to defend their crops. And so then there's a clash. And usually the human beings win that fight, thanks to weapons that we have. So as a result, when human beings expand, they kind of kill all sorts of wildlife as they expand. Sometimes intentionally, sometimes just by sheer habitat destruction. I'll give you one example in the United States. 49 of the 50 states in the United States, I think all but Florida, had wolves, natural wolves, endemic wolves, in the United States about 500 years ago, when uh, Europeans first kind of started colonizing it. And now only two states have it, Alaska and I think Wyoming is the only other one. They might have introduced it in Montana as well. But basically, we decimated the entire wolf population. And Africans are basically doing the same thing with their wildlife. They're expanding, encroaching, and, and Africans are going to have 2 billion, 3 billion, 4 billion people. By the end of this century, they're going to be close to 4 billion. And when they do, well, it gives less space for habitat. So I, this is a long-winded answer, but I don't think that wildlife will be as prevalent as it is as it was over 100 years ago and that's kind of true all over the world and certainly true in Africa so despite all my travels in Africa I rarely saw a big megafauna I even walked across Madagascar and I was expecting to see a lot of wildlife and I didn't see that much the only lemurs that I saw and things like that were mainly in protected parks not so much in the wild and if I did see them, they would be just a glimpse in the evening dusk, and then they would like run away. Same thing with monkeys and, and all sorts of other stuff. Uh, Africans in the Congo showed me monkeys that, I mean, right in front of me, you know, that they had just killed and, and they were going to eat. So a lot of wildlife is afraid of human beings, and that's why there's so few of them. And this is especially true in West Africa, because West Africa is also a very densely vegetated place for the most part, unless you're in the Sahara portion or the Sahel. And so it's hard to see wildlife. And if there is, Africans will hunt them down. I remember also I was in a village. Oh, God, I think it was in, again, Congo. It could have been. But anyway, I went there and a bunch of villagers were crowded around this tree and I couldn't figure out what it was. It was because there was a snake up in the tree and they threw rocks at it and they did that for about 10 minutes eventually the snake fell down and it was a big like a kind of a python like snake and then they just came with clubs and just beat it to death and that was the end of that snake and so sometimes they're afraid of it and, and human beings do this too i remember when i was a kid my dad found a snake in our house and he you know they caught it with a broom and then cut off its head so this is what humans do uh, we want to protect our offspring we want to protect our way of life we don't like people eating our food without permission and so as a result we will defend our territory much in the same way that other wildlife will defend their territory and we have capacity to fight it off pretty viciously so yes africa does have a lot of wildlife don't expect to see it just running around like naturally although last thing <laughs> I remember when I was in Senegal, in Dakar, the capital of Senegal, there was a cow going right through the capital in the street. And 
And many other places in Africa, you might bump into, let's say, cows being and goats being in pretty urban areas. Uh, but again, that's a domestic, domesticated uh, livestock, so that's a little bit different category. And of course, chickens abound as well. But most people don't think of those things as wildlife. So I hope that's helpful. It's Francis Tapon encouraging you to wander and learn. And that ends this episode of the Wander Learn podcast, where we explore travel, technology, and transformation. If you'd like to see the show notes with links to what we've talked about, go to wanderlearn.com and click on this episode. If you'd like to connect with me, just remember F Tapon. That's my first initial and my last name. F Tapon is always my social media username. My website is ftapon.com. Do you want to leave me an anonymous voicemail where you can make a comment or ask a question? Then go to speakpipe.com slash ftapon. Furthermore, if you'd like to get rewarded for supporting my projects, then go to patreon.com slash ftapon. That's where you can pick up some remarkable rewards for as little as $2 a month. Now, five quick favors. Number one, subscribe to the WanderLearn podcast. Two, download it. Three, share it. Four, review it. And five, sign up for my newsletter at wanderlearn.com. Our theme music was composed by Eric Stratman. This is Francis Tapon encouraging you to wander and learn. Thank you.